Hello, everybody. Welcome to Branding Bud Live, the live stream that's 100% THC, 0% WTF. Every week, we bring business people to talk about the business of cannabis. I'm David Palaszczuk in Thailand right now, the founder of the Branding Bud Consulting Group and the author of Branding Bud, the commercialization of cannabis. And I'm joined by my co-host and best cannabis friend, Adriana Hemans, a marketing executive with over eight years experience in the cannabis industry. Welcome, Adriana. Hi, David. You're a sight for sore eyes. <laughs> and I have sore eyes, too. So tell us, what time today? is it What time is it in Thailand right now? Right now, it's 2.01 a.m. Wow. It's, Thank you. It's late. Thank you for staying up so we can be here on LinkedIn chatting with our friends. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm going out right after this. What, are you kidding me? Oh, oh. nice. I always knew that you were hardcore <laughs> like that. <laughs> so I want to say hi to Dennis. Thank you for introducing yourself. And I see some other folks rolling in too. So please feel free to hop in the chat and tell us where you're from. Say hi. Uh, any other random things you might want to talk about? Have you ever been to Thailand before? Let's start there. Don't yeah. be shy. This chat <clears throat> window is for us all. <laughs> I see Dennis is from Chow Praya Cannabis Shop. All right. Yeah. Very nice. And I'm curious, is that in Bangkok? And should I be visiting that tomorrow? Oh, yeah. What's on your agenda for tomorrow, David? Oh, boy. I've got some really great things tomorrow. Um, tomorrow, tomorrow. Tomorrow's Friday. I'm losing track of uh, my days already. Um, I am going to meet a cannabis lawyer tomorrow morning um, who's very connected uh, in the industry. He owns a website called Hi Thailand, um, which uh, basically has... Um, lots of uh, writings on what's going on in cannabis and uh, lots of stories about uh, the cultivators here and the dispensary shops. Then after that, I'm going to um, Siam Green, um, <clears throat> which is one of the bigger dispensaries. They own a whole building. Uh, there are six floors. Um, there's uh, cultivation. There's a shop. And then on top of that, there's a consumption lounge uh, being built out right now. So uh, it's pretty cool. And then... Um, Later in the afternoon, I'm going to um, a farm where we'll be uh, checking out some Thai stick and some old Landray strains. So uh, oh, cool. never a dull moment here. Well, David, I want to uh, bring up, you mentioned earlier you made a, a little friend on the trip over. I did. Um, it was pretty amazing. Um, I got on the airplane and I was flying from almost a 12-hour flight from Seattle to Seoul, Korea. And um, as I was walking down the aisle, I, I happened to see somebody reading a book and it was my book. And I said to him, are you into cannabis? And he said, I am. And I said, is that a good book? And he said, it is, it's really interesting. And I was like, that's awesome. And I asked him a few more questions and he got a little nervous. And I said, by the way, I wrote that, that book. Um, so we hung out after the flight for about an hour in Seoul before he connected to his flight and I connected to mine. And, uh, we had a glass of wine and uh, and chatted. It was, it, was, it was a lot of fun. Is he in the cannabis industry, or he was just curious about cannabis branding? Yeah, he's um, he's actually in the events industry <clears throat> and wants to get in the cannabis industry. Um, so he said he got on Amazon and he started looking for books about cannabis, and there weren't there weren't that many. Um, so uh, so he picked my book, and there you go. That's such a cool story. Yeah, it, it was um, it was really rewarding. 
you know, it was cool to be on an, in, on an international flight and see somebody reading my book. That was, that was pretty yeah. cool. Love that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Boy, there's, uh, I have Lots a comment from Gary Fast who commented, Mobius trimmers and cannabis processing machines I studied in Thailand in 1992. Gary, have you been back to Thailand since then? It'd be interesting to see all the changes since 92, especially the big one that we're about to talk about, loosening mm -hmm. restrictions on cannabis, which has had a big impact. Yeah, absolutely. Well, should, should we kick it off maybe and do a highlight slide and just sort of Let's do talk it. about some things. Um, cool. The one thing I do want to say just, just up front is uh, this is my third trip to Thailand. Um, I've only been here now two days. So I'm in Bangkok, which Bangkok in itself is very different from the rest of Thailand. Um, but I just wanted to throw out some highlights and, um, and really just throw that caveat out that I'm only here the first two days and, and have a lot more to see and a lot more to do. So I don't feel like I have a full report. Um, and, and I'm hoping some of the things I've seen will be balanced out with some different things as well. But let's just go through the highlights really quickly. So Thailand became the first country in Asia to decriminalize uh, cannabis by removing the plant from its narcotics list just recently in June, 2022. And I thought this was really interesting too. Thailand expects to see sales of one million dollars in 2022 and expected to grow to 24 million by 2026. One million dollars is not a lot of a lot of revenue when you think about all the activity that's taking place in this country. Um, so I thought that was really, really low. But um, hopefully hopefully sales will be better than what they're predicting. The other thing I noticed or or I've been told and researched is Thailand's public health minister has been in instrumental in driving cannabis decrim decriminalization. And it's become a core component of his political party. Um, so, so there really is a, a party that is focused on the decriminalization of cannabis here. Um, there's an election coming up shortly and um, things are bound to change, but um, with so many dispensaries in uh, Bangkok and throughout Thailand right now, um, I think those those things won't change as much as people fear. Um, but uh, but it's it's pretty amazing to see what's going on. Is there any concern that the election will roll back the the decriminalization of cannabis that it would get reversed? Is that a, is that a, one of the options on the table with the election? Well, some of the people have mentioned that, but. <clears throat> They're so far down the path. I just can't imagine. I mean, there are hundreds of hundreds of dispensaries throughout the country, perhaps mm -hmm. thousands uh, throughout the country. So um, I don't I don't think they'll roll it back. Uh, there's lots of big business invested into cannabis right now. Um, you know, here. Uh, so I don't think it will be rolled back. I do think there will be uh, more rules and regulations, because right now there aren't many rules or regulations. So I just think they'll, they'll pile on uh, those rules and regulations just to basically um, straighten things out. It's pretty sloppy here, I got to admit. <laughs> but, but I mean, for that matter, New York is pretty sloppy too. There, you know, we have plenty of states that are pretty sloppy in their rollout of cannabis programs. Yeah, I mean, it does seem like not because the rules don't exist in New York, but just because 
they haven't started following them yet because people haven't received, uh, or the, some have received their licenses and some are open, but there's a lot of people operating in uh, a legal gray area right now. Mm -hmm. and, and I think what's happening here is <clears throat> so many people rush to get a license um, and they opened up and there's no cap on the licenses here either, which is interesting. Yeah. So it's pretty much a free for all. There's no cap on licenses, you said? Nope. Nope. Uh, we have a question from Caleb. Straight recreational or is it medical? Thanks for your question. That's a good question. Yeah. Um, and, and Ron mentions no different than California. Yeah. I'm assuming that's California. It could be Canada. But uh, um, yes, it is uh, recreational and there is medical as well. And medical came on before recreational. Um, there's been um, a really, uh, quite frankly, there's been a big push from uh, over 800 doctors that have come together, um, you know, to, to push for uh, rules and regulations to basically, you know, help uh, both the medical side and, um, and the recreational side. But I think education is really high on the list here. Mm -hmm. There's some other highlights too. Let's go to the next slide. Yeah. And thank you. Thank you, Ron. I thought it was Cali, but you never know what CA can be. Um, let me ask you something too, David, is there, uh, are you seeing people like displaying their licenses in windows and are you seeing any unlicensed shops? I haven't seen any licenses in windows, but <clears throat> then again, I mean, I don't see any licenses in, in dispensaries, certainly in Seattle, um, or, or in, in Washington state. So, uh, no, I haven't seen any paperwork, if you will. Um, but, um, a couple other things, there's no cap on the ceiling or the number of dispensary licenses here. I think that might be one of the things that they're looking to, to change. Um, many shops are funded by non-tie entities, even though tie ownership is mandated. So, and we'll talk about this a little bit later. Uh, my first dispensary I went to was cookies, uh, earlier today. Um, when I came out of cookies, I went to, um, another shop called the joint and I was speaking to two Thai people behind the counter. Um, and there was, there was a fellow that was sitting in the chair and the more questions I asked, he kind of popped up and introduced himself as the owner, um, an American originally from Seattle. Um, so uh, it's really interesting, you know, just to, just to see, um, I guess some of the rules being fudged a little bit, if you will. Um, you know, there's, there's, uh, the consumption lounges here too, um, and they're not yet legal. Um, so I'll get into this briefly, but I went to the cookie store and I had asked if I could smoke on my way back. <clears throat> and they said, no, you, you should definitely not um, smoke on the street. So when I went into the joint, which was the second dispensary I went to, what was interesting was after I had made a purchase, they said, we have a lounge if you'd like to consume. Um, but please don't consume outside. So I said, okay, sure. And they took me up to a room on the third floor, which was basically an apartment in an apartment building. Um, <laughs> and uh, they turned on the TV and I was there alone. And the guy said, you know, call me if you need me. And so I found myself um, smoking by myself in this Thai apartment on the third floor for about a half hour um, before, before I said, where the hell am I? What am I doing here? I need to get moving. So um, it was pretty funny. But uh, I went down and I thanked them and, uh, and I was on my way. That um, is so funny. 
So it was like yeah. somebody else, someone, someone lived there and they were just like, hey, use our living room as a consumption lounge. No, it was, it was in, an, uh, in an apartment building and, and the dispensary was on the ground floor in a store unit. Um, but then after we, I made a purchase, they walked me into the building. Uh, we got into the elevator, went up to the third floor. We opened an apartment um, and uh, it you know, was set up like a smoke lounge, but essentially it was an apartment. Interesting. Yeah. And I think it's cool. You know, um, one thing I should also mention here is that while there are many consumption lounges, they're not yet legal. Um, so uh, I think that's just happening because they really don't want uh, people smoking on the street. And they, they, they feel here, at least what I've gotten, they feel here um, that um, smoking on the street is disrespectful. Um, so I've, I've tried to it's strange because every time I'm in New York, I always walk down the street smoking. And here, I just want to be respectful. Um, so it's not illegal; it's just sort of frowned upon. Correct. I I think if they really wanted to give you a hard time, they could. Um, but I think Thailand or Bangkok is is so chaotic that it would be pretty hard to stop somebody on the street for smoking mm. weed here. Um, I'm, I'm curious, uh, Dennis said, we have a consumption lounge that's separate from the shop, like a private club. And that seems to be what most people have. Um, Dennis, we should connect. I'm in, I'm in Bangkok for the week. <laughs> Maybe meet at um, Weed Hub. That's right, at Weed Hub. And, um, and uh, on Soy Cowboy. Oh boy, that was a street I was trying to avoid, Dennis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, just in 2020, um, almost 1.5 million prescriptions have been written. Um, you know, so so there's a real push from the um, from the community, the, the medical community here. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and and so I don't know. Why don't we start off with uh, with cookies? I went to cookies first thing this morning. It was the first spot that I went to. Why don't we check that out for a minute? I took some pictures and. And I just wanted to, oh, sorry, we're not going to go to cookies right now. We're going to do an audience <laughs> participation. So let's Who's start off. For you. Um, it's funny, Dennis sort of jumped the gun on us too. He, he had mentioned, so we have a can of truth. Um, is this true or false? There are approximately 400 dispensaries in Bangkok. Is that true or false? What does everybody think? It's your chance to shine, audience. I think it's false. You think it's false. Do you think it's more or do you think it's less? I think it's way more. You do. Mm -hmm. okay. That's interesting. And Marco is back. Hi, Marco. He was just in Bangkok in December in the rooftop pool area. The hotel was a fine place to partake. I scooped that out last night, my friend, and uh, I couldn't get up there uh, before midnight, so uh, maybe I'll run up there after. <laughs> What's up, Marco? I want the invite next. Oh, by the way, David, I have to tell you, I went to this flower hire event last night, Business and Pleasure uh, for Women's yeah. International Women's Day, and people kept asking me, oh, I didn't think I would see you here today. Why are you not in Thailand with David? <laughs> and I was like, well, he didn't invite me. Maybe next time. Just kidding. That's a great question. <laughs> That's a great question, Adriana. Why aren't you here in Thailand? I know. <laughs> Missed opportunity. 
well, we'll get it next time. I'm sure I'm yeah. coming back. So everybody is saying false, but I'm curious to know, for, for all of those that have said false, would you mind just adding, do you think it's more or do you think it's less than 400 dispensaries in Bangkok? Mm -hmm. And just to, to give everybody you know, some sort of sense of how big Bangkok is, um, the official population is just over 10 million people in Bangkok, but I've been told that the unofficial is more like 14 million people in Bangkok. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I'm curious. Well, context, I think LA is 8 million and New York is 12 million. Is that right? Is the New York one right? I'm not quite sure. I'm yeah. not quite sure. I, uh, you said 12? I don't know. Maybe... Maybe even more than that. Uh, yeah. If anyone but, knows uh, the population of New York, drop it, New York City, drop it in the chat too. Yeah, we could look at it. 29 million visitors per year. Yeah. So just to give you a sense, um, you know, there's 10 to 14 million uh, folks here in Bangkok alone. Um, and we spoke earlier about, um, uh, you know, that there's really no limitations or no cap. So why don't we go to the, to the next uh, slide? And the answer is, the answer is false. There's over 900 dispensaries in Bangkok, mm -hmm. which is unbelievable. And <clears throat> let me just sort of uh, convert that into like a U.S. metric that I understand. So I live in Seattle. Washington State is 7.7 .7 million people. Um, and there's 400, approximately 460 dispensaries in the entire state. And now we're talking almost double that amount in one city. Granted, Bangkok is huge, but um, but so we have 900 uh, plus 10 million people in Bangkok. Washington State has 460 dispensaries with 7.7 .7 million people. Whoa. Um, so it's just, yep. So it's just, they're everywhere. And we've got some photographs that we'll go through in a little bit and, uh, and we'll take yeah. you through. So you can start to get a sense of what these shops look like. Over 900 dispensaries. And for some even more context in California, we have just over 900 dispensaries with a population of 39 million. Um, so yeah, like we should probably have more to support that much of a population. There's obviously a lot of areas where you can't find what you need, but it's just interesting how something has uh, filled the need of, of a large or fill the need of a smaller population and then also is supporting um, the tourist industry. And thank you, Ron, for, for uh, keeping me honest on the population. Four million in LA, 8.5 in NYC. Yeah. And and Dennis here says there's more, excuse me, more registered shops than 7-Eleven. I believe that just walking around. Um, oh. And that's over 14,000 nationally. Um, I believe it. I haven't been around the entire country and I'm only two days in, but but I believe it just based on what I've seen. But the question that that begs is, why are there so many? And really, who are they catering to? You know, um, it's really about tourism. And and Ron, you're, you're, you're hitting that right now. Um, and, and so the thing that I was struck by today was, um, who, are, who are these cannabis dispensaries catering to? Um, and, and then when I went in and saw some of the prices, um, it became really clear to me that they're definitely catering to tourists because I would say the majority of, um, of Thai people just couldn't afford some of the prices that, uh, 
that I was looking at today. Um, so I, I, was, I was quite shocked. Wow. Well, nine million, nine million registered uh, June 10th for growing at home. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah, it's, it's uh, and yes, Caleb, 7-Elevens are everywhere in Bangkok. <laughs> There's two on my block right here. Um, cool. All right, well, let's let's jump and I'll give you a little little tour and, and answer some questions if, if I can. Take us um, on this special tour, David. We want the insider right. look. All right, well, this morning I went to Cookies and um, I have to admit, I was pretty excited to go. Um, having seen all of the hype online, um, you know, whether it's on Instagram or LinkedIn or some of the other places, I was really excited to go see what Cookies was doing in Thailand. So from the get-go, I'll say I've been interested in Cookies because Cookies is really a lifestyle brand, like an apparel brand, um, in some ways more than they are a cannabis brand. Uh, certainly, one could make that statement and feel comfortable um, making that statement when you think about um, where, where their money is being ge generated from, more in apparel. Uh, and accessories than cannabis. And um, so that said, I was excited to go there today. Um, when I got there, um, it was really on a second floor in, in a small courtyard um, with some very upscale shops. Uh, as you can see, there's, there's a sign in front. Um, there was a Cohiba um, cigar shop. Uh, which was very upscale. There was some really beautiful shops right in that right in that little cul-de-sac, if you will. Um, so I went in, went upstairs, um, and um, was really surprised by the size of the store. Um, probably tops, it was maybe 250 square feet, so very small, um, with a focus more on accessories than anything. Um, and Adriana, I had, I had promised you I was going to bring you back a cookies hoodie from Thailand. And my jaw hit the floor when I converted the price and realized that a cookies hoodie from Thailand was just slightly about $130. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, and I made a comment, like, did they think they were supreme? Um, and, and they didn't like that comment. I could tell you. I could tell you that. <laughs> That's but, interesting. Uh, so they really are, like, trying to occupy this luxury only tourists can afford it we're a lifestyle mm -hmm. brand less so than an actual cannabis dispensary mm -hmm. and and relative you know and dennis dennis is asking that question now. um there was one table in the middle of the room which had i don't know probably mm, a dozen strains um which um and that's that's really that's really all they were, all they were selling, um, other than the merch. Um, you know, I did end up, um, and and I should say too that those strains um, come from the U.S. Whether the flower comes from the U.S., you know, that's that's really not for me to say, but I have a hunch it does. Um, and um, it was just just interesting because you know, watching the people come in, uh, watching what they bought, you know, was more about the aesthetic than anything else. Um, mm -hmm. And then having gone to a number of other dispensaries after cookies, um, I was shocked at how much more of an assortment they had. So, um, so that said, you, you know, there, there were things like um, 
uh, fish scale, there was runts, there was pound cake, uh, there was doggy bag, which is snoop strain. Um, you know, they were all the typical cookies strains. Um, but um, it, it was interesting. That's not really what the shop was about. You know, the shop is a lifestyle shop. Um, and, um, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's just interesting. It's, it was yeah. interesting where it was and what they were selling um, and the prices that they were selling them for, you know, which leads me to believe that, you know, this is really a tourist play and a lifestyle play more than anything. Um, Very interesting. Um, yeah. Jeremy Dukes in our in our chat here is heading to Bangkok on Sunday. Curious, Jeremy, if seeing this is uh, influencing where you plan to visit when you go there, or if you were planning to to visit a dispensary at all. And Caleb is taking Runt's clones right now. Synchronicity. Yeah, yeah, pretty interesting. You know, just um, before we jump off of cookies, you know, one thing I, I have to say. Um, I was underwhelmed for sure, um, but I bought an eighth, and an eighth translated to about eighty-two dollars, um, which I guess for me is that's pricey, yeah. Way more expensive, yeah, way more expensive than than I I purchased my cannabis for. Um, but that said, um, I bought an eighth. They put it in a in a cookies bag, and I walked out the store, and. Um, one of the things I did was uh, I opened the bag just to, to look as I was out on the street. And what I realized was they put it in a, in a blue, in a blue bag, but this wasn't the bag that it was in, in the store. And one of the reasons why I bought that particular strain was because I liked, <laughs> I liked the bag and I thought it would just be a great little bag to have from Thailand. Um, so I went back in the store and I said, Hey, where's the bag that you you have this in? You know, like where where's the display bag that I thought it was going to come in? And she said, we don't we don't sell our products um, in our bags because people try to rip our bags off and knock our bags off. And I thought that was just intriguing to me. I mean, if I had gone into a Nike store here and they threw my brand new Nikes into a bag and say we don't put it into a Nike box because people try to rip it off or or knock it off. Right. Um, you know, it, it just didn't make sense to me. Um, I understand they're trying to protect their brand, but one needs to build the brand before they protect their brand too. So um, I was a little disappointed um, by that as well. I felt, um, I felt I was swindled like probably any tourist would have felt they were swindled walking into an operation like that. Um, I just didn't really feel I got my money's worth. And so, so for that cookies, I'm I'm sorry to give you that review, but um, maybe I should have managed my expectations a little bit better, and and really my focus moving forward for the next week will be really focused on um, the Thai brands and the Thai nationals that are growing weed here. Um, you know, some of those companies are uh, Sukum Weed, Highland, Dr. Green, Siam Green, T Rex, Powerpuff, Territara. Um, I think those are the companies that I need to to go see, and and quite frankly, probably even get out of Bangkok to see um, some of the more real Thai brands. Yeah, I love that. I'm glad that you're you're getting that experience and that you can come back and share it with us about um, what's going on with with the locals, the people who are actually handling the plant, growing the plant, and and um, bringing it to market. 
absolutely. And that's that's what I'm more interested in. And that's what I really felt I was coming here to learn more about. Um, you know, I'm not so interested in the people I know from California that are either legally or illegally moving product into Thailand now. Um, I've seen all those strains. I'm familiar with all those strains. There's nothing new for me to see or learn. Um, what I'm interested in now is, again, meeting the cultivators, meeting the Thai people, learning how important uh, cannabis and the history of cannabis is to Thailand. Um, just getting a better sense of that, I, I think, um, will take a, a little more than just two days being in Bangkok, but, um, but that's what I look forward to, and that's really what I came here for. Nice. Yeah, we'll see. And I think Dennis agrees with me. I'm, I'm glad that somebody in Thailand, uh, you know, is agreeing with me uh, because I feel I immediately came to conclusions about the scene here in Bangkok. And um, and I just get the sense that's not the scene uh, in the rest of, of Thailand. Um, and then, um, you know, yeah, that, that's a great question, Caleb. I wonder if you can make a living wage working in the cannabis industry in Thailand. You might be able to if, if you're Thai. Um, I think it could be difficult if you're, um, you know, a non-Thai person moving in um, and, and trying to make a living uh, like you might, you know, in the U.S. or somewhere else. Um, but I, our next slide is really interesting too, just because that's um, on my way back from cookies. Um, the shops were just everywhere. I mean, literally everywhere. So I just took a half hour walk back to my hotel and photographed um, as many as, as I could find. And quite frankly, there are so many more shops than this. I don't know, there's probably a dozen here. Um, by the time I got even close to my hotel, I was like, I, 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 can't, even, I can't even document all of these shops. There's just so many. Um, you know, uh, and again, they specialize in, in slightly different things. They have different strains. Um, but for the most part, uh, everything is hybrid, um, or at least that's what, what my experience was. I had asked to see indicas and sativas, but um, uh, they were pretty much hybrid. So um, there was some interesting um, Candyland sativa, which I had tried earlier today. That was nice and sweet and very earthy. Um, I thought perhaps it was grown outdoors, but I'm told that most of the growing is done indoors because it's too hot. Uh, there's too many insects and pests. Um, so, so I'm told that um, most is grown indoor here. And, uh, and Dennis, just because you're here, I'd be curious to know what your thought is, is on that as well. Mm -hmm. Looking at these pictures you have, David, it looks like the image on the top says high society, which I can only see the top of the building, but it seems like sort of a, an upscale, like modern design. And then underneath there, it looks like you have a, a statue of a superhero in a little leotard pointing in. So more like a comic book store vibe. Uh, can you share with us a little bit about how um, these, these dispensaries are designed and who you think they're looking to attract? What segments of the, of the, of the population? Wow. Um, I have a feeling 
well, I could say the High Society BKK was in an upscale, uh, actually it was just across the street from the cookie store on the same block, um, which is more upscale than, than Sukhumvit, which is, the best way to describe Sukhumvit is probably Times Square in the 80s. <laughs> um, you know, super crowded, um, a bit seedy. Um, you know, so, so this is the area where lots of these uh, dispensaries are. And, um, you know, uh, it was just interesting to see. I don't necessarily know who they're appealing to. I think they're appealing to tourists. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so it's funny because we're talking about the look and feel of a dispensary. And while they could design a dispensary to attract a certain consumer, I just can't see um, Thai nationals walking into these places paying the prices that, that they're asking for. Um, you know, so, so that's interesting, but I truly think they're appealing to tourists, um, you know, and, and in the location that these places are located, um, um, you know, Thailand has, Thailand's known for its sex, um, trade and its sex workers, and much of these shops are in the same area. Um, so, you know, the truth is it fits right into the tourist trade for Thailand because people do come here for certain reasons. And I think cannabis, um, unfortunately, you know, falls, falls into um, the sex, drugs, and rock and roll category. <clears throat> if, I could, if I could put it so gently. <clears throat> we have a couple questions from yeah. both Jeremy and Ron, similar questions. Did you notice any uh, testing or compliance labels or any COAs on any of the products? None. In fact, if you could see that, that's whoops. That's all that came. So it's a barcode. It does. It does say. It's pretty funny. It does say THC, but it's actually whited out. Um, so there's no COAs that I saw. No testing. Um, there was a percentage of THC uh, on basically all of the displays, which um, were quite low, twenty-five percent and below for THC. Um, Again, I'm, uh, THC is not my only metric. I mean, terpenes and other things. So, um, so I think I, I know enough to look beyond the just the THC level. But um, but it was it was interesting. Um, it was interesting to see. Uh, just quickly, did I see any American edibles? No, I did not. Um, there were uh, actually there were no edibles that I saw, and I believe legally um, they only sell flour. Um, and, and I would almost defer to, uh, to Dennis, uh, just because he's, he's here and he's, he's, uh, a local, but no, I did not see any edibles. Uh, it was all flour. Um, so, uh, so I was, I was surprised, you know, in terms of no testing, um, or anything like that. Um, uh, no American brands other than cookies, um, uh, at least that I saw, um, yeah, it was it was quite interesting, and and quite frankly, in some ways, I'm I'm glad I didn't see American brands. I, I think um, I think in some ways that might have saddened me a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yep. we want to get the local flavor some chance to develop. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, should we jump to the next slide? Let's do it. All right, I think we have more audience participation. 
This is a fun one. So this is related to what David was talking about with um, dispensaries catering to tourism. And the question is really to what extent is it for tourists or what percentage of, of customers are, are foreign tourists? And the question is this, it's about a specific dispensary in Chiang Mai, the Artemis 98 dispensary reported to the Bangkok Post that what percentage of their customers are foreign tourists? Is it A, 45%? B, 60%, C, 75%, or D, 90%. Take your best guess. Drop it in the chat. This is one dispensary. Uh, they were quoted in the Bangkok Post, an article that came out on March 2nd. Yep. And it's important to note, too, Chiang Mai is in the north, um, definitely uh, on the tourist trail, for sure. Mm -hmm. We have three votes already for D which is 90%. Triple Ds. <laughs> I feel like yeah. we shouldn't let Dennis guess because he'll give it away because I'm sure he knows the answer. Dennis knows the answer. I think Dennis alluded to the answer already. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's jump to it. What's that answer? Everybody who guessed D, you are correct. Everyone got it right. It's 90%. Yeah, 90%. And um, when I asked um, at the cookie store, uh, what was the percentage of tourists that came in versus the amount of uh, Thai nationals that uh, purchased? And they said 95% um, are tourists, 5% um, are Thai nationals. And I had asked, were there people that came in and just bought accessories and not cannabis? And they said, absolutely, that, that people were really traveling out of their way to, you know, grab a cookie shirt or a cookie hoodie. And I'm sure that's why, that's why those prices are what they are. But um, I was quite surprised. I was quite surprised. Um, and, and again, just, it was really eye-opening to see, um, you know, lines of tourists waiting to go into these different shops. And so, so it really is all about tourist um, uh, and destination travel. And that's something that, you know, has been picking up for sure. Uh, you know, whether it's in California with consumption lounges or, or uh, sorry, uh, Las Vegas um, with consumption lounges, but, but um, really interesting to see. And so yeah. I, think, I think Thailand will have an amazing, um, you know, tourist cannabis industry. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Just zooming out for a second and talking about cannabis tourism in general, uh, the Huffington Post reported that 37% of tourists are make decisions based on where they can purchase cannabis, whether they can purchase it in the place they're going to, how they're going to spend their time. So it really is such a um, an impactful part of the cannabis industry and the tourism industry. Absolutely. And I'm sure tourism is, is going to skyrocket if it hasn't already. Um, you know, I have to. I have to add. It was a bit weird. Um, you know, showing my passport to uh, to purchase cannabis. You know, my my fear was that uh, I'm going to get back to the airport and I'm going to be on a list, and they're going to be looking. Uh -huh. You know, um, but uh, yeah, just just really, really, um, really interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, what else? My head is spinning and it's also, uh, what time is it? It's 2.40 in the morning here. So it's 20 to three. Um, 
Well, th I'm thanks again up. for staying up late with us because this has been a fun conversation. And I'm even more excited to learn about um, when you're visiting the, the cultivators and what that experience is like. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to, uh, to meet with the Thai people and uh, Thai people in cannabis and, uh, yeah. you know, and just uh, experience that. That's really what I came for. Yeah. Um, let's talk for a second about cannabis tourism in general and do another canna quiz segment. And I need to, first of all, apologize for this because when I originally posted this quiz, I misspelled the country name of Colombia and put a U in it. Sorry about that. Uh, but I spelled it correctly here. Which destination is the top choice among cannabis industry insiders to explore cannabis tourism according to a non-scientific LinkedIn poll posted by yours truly? And most of my network are people who work in cannabis so that's why we're referring to them as the industry insiders. And the choices are A, Jamaica, B, the Netherlands, C, Colombia, D, Thailand. What do you think? What's the most popular choice? Where do people want to visit and check out what the cannabis industry has to offer in these places? You, you know, this is a this is such a funny uh, a funny question for me. I remember being in college and um, going to Amsterdam. And, and uh, I spent a year in Paris, so my weekends were in Amsterdam. And I remember telling all my friends about the coffee shops in Amsterdam, and um, no one believed me. And then I moved from New York to Seattle. And uh, when it went legal there, I told the same story, and nobody believed me. And here I am in Thailand, basically living the same experience. And finally, people are starting to realize, OK, we this believe is, this you. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. This is a tough one. Jamaica, the Netherlands, Colombia, or Thailand? We have, let's see, uh, one, two, three guesses for A, Jamaica. Um, Michelle said personally she would like to visit D, Thailand. Thanks, Michelle. Uh, let's see. I think I need to refresh my page so I can see all the new comments coming in. We have one vote for another vote for Jamaica. And then... Let's see. No one so far has voted for B, the Netherlands, or C, Colombia. Hmm, interesting. Marco says A, Jamaica, and then D, Thailand. A after D. Interesting. Well, um, I'm I'm curious. I'm curious to see what what people are thinking about, what people are uh, talking about. And the answer mm -hmm. is Thailand, but by a very narrow margin. So Thailand came in first, 39% of the industry insiders in my network wanted to visit Thailand to explore cannabis tourism. The Netherlands got 32%, and then Jamaica came in at 22%. Colombia, sadly, was last with 8%. And there was, mm -hmm. I think, uh, about 79 people voted for this poll, non-scientific LinkedIn poll. You know, it's it's funny. I was hoping to actually fly through Amsterdam on the way to uh, to Bangkok, but um, since I was leaving from Seattle, and it's 25, 25 hours to get here, I, I just knew that that was not possible. But I will I will return to Amsterdam for probably my hundredth time. So I look forward to that again. Amsterdam's awesome. a great city, one of my favorites. Yeah, really interesting. Um, you know. Uh, I'll be here another week. I get back next Wednesday, and then um, and then next Thursday we have our next show again. Yeah, uh, and and I'm excited about that. We um, 
We have David Goubert, who's the president and CEO of Air Wellness. And we're going to be talking uh, with him about MSO strategies, regional roadmaps, and revolving doors. And what we mean by that is we've seen lots of MSOs go into different states and then leave those states because they're not profitable. They're not able to get the, uh, the scale the, and the economies and the efficiencies that come with scale. Um, so a lot of the MSOs have been entering states and then leaving states. And we just want to get, um, we want to get our head around that and, and find out what's going on. So I'm looking yeah. forward uh, to our guest and our show next week as well. Yeah, so definitely um, join us. Thank you to everyone who commented and voted for our little can of quiz. Please join us next time when we talk to David Goubert about MSO strategies and revolving doors. And David, thank you so much for staying up late and sharing your pictures with us. Uh, I hope you have an amazing trip and that you actually take some time to relax and unwind and don't work the entire time. <laughs> but I know that's I will hard. Do my best. I'm working on my next book and it's coming along wonderfully. So uh, that's what 12 hours on an airplane is good for. I got to tell you that. So nice. um, again, I'm super excited about this trip. I'm really glad that uh, folks joined us today and, uh, and that I was able to shed some light and share a little bit of my journey. Um, if anybody has any questions, feel free to reach me directly at david at brandingbud.com. Or if you have any recommendations where, where maybe I should uh, check things out um, here while I'm here. But um, in the meantime, it's time for me to go to sleep. It's uh, 2.45 in the morning. I thank everybody for joining us today. I hope I was able to share a little light um, on what's going on here in Bangkok and Thailand. And, uh, and, uh, and I thank everybody. And we'll be posting those pictures uh, from David's, the first part of David's trip on our LinkedIn page, Branding Bud Live. So go follow us and you can get updates on David's travels and also uh, future Branding Bud Live shows. Thanks everybody. That's right. Thank you everybody. Thank you, Adriana, as always. You're my best cannabis friend and I thank you for what you do and who you are. And I am looking forward to seeing everybody next week. So in the meantime, I'm gonna go catch some Z's or no, rather I'm gonna go up to the roof and take care of some business and then I'm gonna catch some Z's. So uh, everybody, thank you so much and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye-bye.